becomes such a burden and such a struggle day after day, what's missing? The power is missing. The power is missing. That's what's missing. The power of God moving through me. Do you know, 90% of you, you just need one thing. Baptism in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> That's it. Baptism in the Holy Spirit and you'd start to smile instead of scowl. Baptism in the Holy Spirit, you'd start to love people. Baptism in the Holy Spirit, people will get saved around you. It's just simple, not complicated. Simple baptism in the Holy Ghost will change everything for you. Not rocket science. Your personality will change. Your character will change. Because of the empowerment. Hello. Coming to church every Sunday for a million years does not necessarily change anything in me. So, my history. Here I am. This is the blessing of God to me. God has not left me without power. God has not left you without power. He's left me three principal things. He's left me His Word. Amen? He's left me the Holy Spirit, the oil of anointing, baptism in the Holy Spirit. And praise God, He's left me with communion. Michael, come, please. But what happened as time went by, this is my table, this is your table, this is your strength. But what happened is Father Michael, Catholic Church, come and they form a professional class. There was never a professional class. Priesthood of all believers. No special people. Hello. No special people. But the Catholic Church took communion. You go away over the far side. <laughs> it was in my home. Acts chapter 2. It was my strength. He said it was going to edify me. But this special class of people, you can study church history. It was because they wanted money for the church. Indulgences, they were called. This was taken away from money, power, and politics. They formed a special class of people called a priest or a pastor. But it was money, power, and politics that were behind it all the way along. It's called Christendom, the combination of church and state. So I've lost my communion. Now I've got to go to a priest on Sunday and only he can do it. So now my powers just dropped by one third. But thank God, I've still got my Bible. Amen? Jimmy. Along comes Father Jimmy. Hallelujah. And we have from the, you know, 6th century, 590 when the Catholic Church was formed. And now we come into the Middle Ages. You can go away from me as well. And he's taking my Bible. Now I've got no strength at all, hardly. They've taken my sustenance. You've taken the word. This is the evangelicals, the evangelical revival. Now all of a sudden you have to be a professor before you can teach anybody anything. So now I don't have my daily communion, which was in my home. Some pastor's got to do it. Now I don't have the word. But thank God, Father Pat. Thank God the one thing I've got left is the Holy Spirit. <gasps> She's taken that away from me. And now you've got the Pentecostals. 
1904, 05, Azusa Street. And now I'm left with what? You're left with an altar call every week, my friend. That's what you're left with. Come back every week, every week, every week. Because I, I, I've got no strength. Because it's all over here. Searching for something you don't know what you're looking for. In the name of Jesus, I take my strength back. Into my family. Not some pastor to play husband or father. That's my job as a father. That's my job as a husband. Don't, you know, abdicate my responsibility. I'm going to hang on to my Bible. Thank you. And I'm going to keep my spirit. This is my power assistance. And these things have been stolen foolishly from our homes, from our families. When I was in Nepal, there, I'll talk about it in a moment. I was very busy. Timothy and I were incredibly busy. We didn't stop from the minute we arrived to the minute when we left. He was rushed off his feet. He was astoundingly powerful in ministry, Pastor Tim. I have to say, I was very impressed. Thousands and thousands of people... Uh, were there but the whole time the backdrop in my mind was what I'm saying now I'm trying to concentrate on what I'm doing but these sacraments are burning in me and I'm going back I was sick I'm still sick now sick the whole time but I'm going home and I've got to focus on my next session but burning in me is this 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 word that I'm speaking now it's it's alive in me and I could see the, the broken physical body of Jesus caused us to pass through the veil. Isn't that right? We pass through the veil. We move from the physical to the spiritual. From the natural to the supernatural. And God was just slowly speaking to me. These same physical things can help you make the transition into the spirit world. Amen? The spiritual realm. Without, it sounds even spooky sometimes, but... You remember on camp again, <coughs> excuse me, on camp, we're still trying to get this word into your heart. The Bible calls the apostle John, the apostle who Jesus, yeah, well, that's you as well. Sarah is the one who Jesus loves. Janet, you're the one who Jesus loves. You can put your name there. John's not special. Nothing special, remember? Here's, here's a light. <laughs> here's a light, look. And this light is the love of God. Available to anyone. For you, for me, for anyone. In the Last Supper, in John's Gospel, it says, it tells us who was sitting right by Jesus. Who was it? John. It describes the scene and it said, the Apostle John wasn't happy with being at a distance. The Apostle John, the one who... In the Last Supper, got right beside Jesus. Now, he, there was at least 12 people in that room. So John was determined, I am going to get close to Christ. I'm going to be the one. Nothing special about John. What John did is he positioned himself to receive the free, abundant love of God. Are you following me? Any person... You, me, any person can receive the abundant love of God. God is no respecter of persons. 
we, some churches call these sacraments. People get hung up with that word. I haven't got a problem with it. A sacrament is a, is a, is a, is a physical action with a spiritual consequence. The cross was a physical action and it had a spiritual consequence, didn't it? It saved your eternal soul. But we have great respect, sorry, great disrespect for physical things, I tell you. Especially churches like us, Pentecostals. <coughs> Excuse me. They have a saying on Wall Street, nobody's too stupid to make money. But some people are too smart. Nobody's too stupid, but some people are too smart. And when it comes to the simple institutions of God, like communion, we can talk ourselves out of it because we're so smart today, right? How can this physical thing change my life or change my home or empower me? How can it be? And we try to talk ourselves out of it. A sacrament, as I'm going to explain, is a physical action. Like baptism in water. Like communion. But it has a spiritual consequence. Number two, these sacraments will aid me in body, soul, and spirit. All three. There are sacraments for my body, like the anointing of oil when you're sick. Like confession when you've done something wrong. James says, for the healing of your body, right? And they'll heal my spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. Right? So these sacraments are given to aid us. Let me say this and listen carefully. I hope you hear this. <laughs> these were never instituted by man. They were given by God. These things came from God. And people say, well, I, I'm not a Catholic, so I don't need to have communion. It didn't come from the Catholic Church. I'm not a Baptist, so I don't need baptism. I'm not a Pentecostal, so I don't need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It wasn't the Pentecostal Church. All of these things originated by a very good God for you. Back to Nepal. So I'm in Nepal. And God wants to help me, talk to me, to talk to you today. And to whoever's listening out there in the world. To help me get from this physical place into a spiritual world. Spiritual world. How do I... How do I cross over? How do I get through the veil, Jesus, like you did? Do you know I was in Heathrow Airport a couple of years ago. I learned a lesson. I wanted an upgrade. I was tired. It's late at night, night flight. And I went in. BA is not the most accommodating airline, I can tell you. And I walked up. I had no faith in BA. I had no faith. I had my ticket. And I walked up to the desk. And, Good morning. I, I, I was just wondering if uh, maybe I could have a, an upgrade before I even... No. I was so negative. I was exuding negative. I had no faith in that woman. And she was just bursting to say, no, no, the answer is no. no. No, sorry. And she even said, I can't help you at this desk, which was not true. So I took my ticket and I walked away. And you know what I said in my heart? My approach was all wrong. If only my approach, I would have been able to pass through to my super spiritual luxury seat. If I had just approached that differently. 
But you know what? Terminal 5 is a big terminal. You've got the south and the north. And in the south, there's another desk. So I think, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to quickly walk down to the other desk. But this time, I'm going to change my approach. I'm going to change my attitude. So come on, we're going to be positive, positive. So the best I could do, I walked up to that desk. Hi, good evening, how are you? Good morning. Just wanted any chance of an upgrade, you know, high five kind of thing. And the guy responded exactly the same. Well, let's have a look then. Boom, and we started talking and chatting. Lo and behold, he said, sir, you don't need an upgrade because you've already been upgraded. The system's upgraded. I thought, hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Your approach to God dictates whether you get a yes or a no. Your approach to people is the same, right? Your family, your friends, your approach for some of you, your whole life has been a no. And when people on your left and on your right are getting a yes. Hello? Time to think, is it, is it me? Is it me that's causing this reaction? Is it me that's causing God to say, I can't help you when you come to me like this? Anybody tells you there's no protocol with heaven, don't listen to them. <laughs> there is protocol with God. <coughs> Excuse me. There's lots of protocol with God. Okay, and you're going to have to understand that. These, these principles help me with three ways. Number one, to begin my initial approach to God. Baptism. The sacraments help me begin my approach. Listen carefully. Then they help me in an ongoing way. Communion every day with my family. Confession when I've been nasty to my wife or to my husband. You get it. It's ongoing, right? And amongst each other. And lastly, they help me with special occasions. I just get embarrassed about saying things I have to say. Put yourself in my position. I'm standing here for hours on end. And you run out of examples. So forgive me. I don't say anything so that I look good. See when I want something. Pretty typically I can get it. When I want something. Provided it's good of course. But when I want something I can get it. Remember I told you I needed a jumper. Sounds silly. But I was doing school assemblies all week. Uh, Catholic schools. And I was very poor. I had no money. Nothing. Zero. Nothing. And I, had my, I looked shabby. And I need God to give me a jumper. So what am I going to do? Like BA? Oh, Jesus. Uh, Jesus, you know, tomorrow got this. I said, go away. <laughs> go away and change your attitude. I, I, I was living in a bungalow. I was single. And there was a back bedroom. This is what I do. You, do, you can do what you do. But I'm going to go to God and I'm going to get a jumper. So I went into my bedroom, I closed the door, and I got down on my knees. And is there anything wrong in anything I've done or said to any person or to you? Am I wrong in my finances? Am I lying? Am I stealing? Am I, is there anything anywhere? Because if there is, get out. Just get out. Just go. Go, 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 go. You shouldn't even be here. Jesus said that three times. 
by the way. So I could not find a thing. So I said, Lord, I need a jumper for tomorrow to look smart casual for the school. In Jesus' name, amen. Half an hour, something goes by, and this old, old woman in the church in Sully, South Glamorgan, calls me, and she says, an amazing thing has happened. You can't stop me. God told me you need a jumper. I'm to come. I'm picking you up. I'm taking you in, and we're going to buy a jumper for you. God is, you can't stop. I'm not going to stop you. Come ahead. Come, I'm, I'm ready. You know? Amazing, huh? You should be able, another really, really memorable one was when we needed the money and I needed immediate money and I had no time to waste. No, to, to, you know, I need to get on with my life. Can't waste my energy raising money. And I was determined to enter in. So I said, Jeanette, you stay in this room and I'm going upstairs, but like Abraham with Isaac, and I'm coming back with the money we need. And I'm not coming back without it. So same procedure. Am I saying anything that's wrong? Is my attitude bad? How am I with Jeanette? How am I with my church? Anything wrong? Nothing wrong. Okay, Lord, I need money. We got a problem. And the funny thing about that scenario was this. I got it before I got it. I got it in my spirit. Have you had that? I had it in my spirit. I jumped up in the room. And I, I got it. I got it. And we had a windy staircase and I was halfway down the stairs, Jeanette, Jeanette, I got it, got it. And the phone's buzzing in my pocket. Yeah, and it's a man called Jim Top. He's dead now. He died of a brain hemorrhage. And same story. Jim said, Pastor Mike, I, 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 I've just had a word from the Lord for you. I need to bring you 2,000 pounds. No, no, no. I said, no problem. Come on, come on. That's fine. Hallelujah. You need to be able to go to God and get a Yes. And if you're constantly going and getting a no, the spotlight is not on God. The spotlight is on you holding on to things that you know you should repent of. Okay? Is that okay? <laughs> Repentance is a bad word. Did I say something wrong? <laughs> All your life! What has it done for you to live like this? All your life, the same things you've done. And where has it gotten you? Another seat, another Sunday. Another seat, another Sunday. How many more years are we going to play this game? And so when power comes this morning, it's a challenge time, you see. Who will you choose? Which spirit will you follow? The Holy Spirit or the spirit of this world? Make your mind up time. What a wonderful thing for God to invite us through the veil. What a wonderful thing. And I'm tossing and turning in my bed in Nepal. I had fever. I was hot and sweat. And I've got thousands of people to speak to outside. And the only thing in my head is this. <laughs> for you. For you. Tell them to come through the veil. Tell them, show them what I left them. Teach them to respect it. To respect their God. In my mind, I had a picture of Stephen and Elizabeth and Atanasio and Sarah. Who else got baptized? 
on camp. Henrietta. Who else? I could see that, you know. I could see it in my mind. And you know what I could see? The approach. The approach. All of us were sitting in this room. Some people chewing gum. But on the platform, the disposition on your face, the disposition was, oh God, I'm being baptized. The physical action of baptism had changed your approach. Are you following me? It had changed you. God gave you something to do, Henrietta. And you, who doesn't prepare for their baptism? You prepared yourself, Elizabeth Stephen. You were ready. And your disposition, praise God for baptism. Your disposition was changed through your obedience to the physical sacrament. But it doesn't stop there. That's the sacrament of initiation or one of them. If I do this right, the effect on me is it creates humility in me. Expectancy and willingness, openness to God for my future doesn't stop with baptism amen number two (coughs) in Jesus name I can breathe number two confirmation and affirmation a very Anglican term I'm a Roman Catholic I was a Roman Catholic who got confirmed about half the room my name is Michael Oliver Mark McKeever it's a long name isn't it the Oliver is the confirmation Oliver means you're a member in the Catholic Church. We're bringing you in. And for the Jews, it was a bar mitzvah. So it's when they moved from one phase to the next phase. They moved into the next phase of their lives. Confirmation is a critically important thing. It is my belief, my opinion. Look at this. You don't have to agree with me. Not a problem but I can pretty much guarantee you that what I'm saying to you is correct. Look at this. Guys, attention. It's important. I want you to get it. 80% of you are sitting in churches when God has got something for you. More. You believe more? Yes. Do you often look back and think, what was it went wrong? You think, did I miss a turning? Did, Did something, why am I stuck like this? By the way, can I tell you about me? I'm not stuck. I'm not stuck. Do I look stuck? <laughs> I t- just believe me, I'm not stuck. Haven't been stuck for many years. Because I became unstuck with confirmation. Which comes from God. The church took it. It's another thing the church took. <laughs> right? They took it. And they, now you have to come to us for confirmation. No, 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 no. And many people are stuck because they've never had the confirmation of God. With Jesus Christ entering ministry, what happened? The sky opened. What did the Father say? This is my beloved confirmation. This is my beloved son. And this is what you're going to do with your life. I'm confirming your calling. After that, what's the next part? This is God. This is man. Apostle Peter, who do you say? Who do men say that I am? Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. The affirmation of men. Do you know what's happened? (laughs) Men. Men can't do it for you. Someone comes and says, I'm going to go to Bible college because I'm going to be a pastor. Right? 
in all of history, no Bible college has ever created a pastor. It has never happened. It never can happen because it's impossible. Who gives the gift of pastor? Ephesians chapter 6. Confirmation. The only thing that a man can do is affirm. Okay? But I repeat, most of the church is stuck with the flattering political words of men for decades wondering what went wrong. What went wrong? Go back to your God. Go back to the only one who can give you the confidence that comes with a calling. Oh yes. Very true. Years and years ago, I told you my story. God spoke to me and I have never been the same since and it's the same for you. If you get your confirmation from God, get your calling from God, nothing can stop you. There's nothing more powerful in this world than someone... Guys, can you settle please? Just settle, Joe. Stay with me. Too important, Mike. Too important. I just need one of you to go to God and get a word. That's all I need. I just need one person to take it seriously. Just one. You change the world, Evelyn. You change the world. So I'm a blah, 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 little stuttering, little uneducated idiot. But in that bedroom, I heard my call. Yes. Not from any man. But in that bedroom, lying on the floor because I didn't have any money for a bed. I heard the voice of God. And I have never been the same since. Hello. So I'm not insecure. The reason I'm totally resilient is because nothing can shake the word of God. Nothing. Nothing. Heaven and earth can't move God's word. There is nothing. Armies cannot defeat the word of God. Demons cannot defeat the word of God. You lack the word. That's what you lack. You lack the calling. The original calling that comes from God and God alone. Go to God. Go to God. Go back to God. And get a word from Him. Get a confirmation of what He's called you to, Stephen. And don't come back without it. You'll know it when you get it. It's like people say, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? They say, I don't know. The answer is no. You don't know? The answer is no. I guarantee you it's no. Jesus. I'm not sure what my calling is. You've never had a calling. You never did. Because it's not confusing. Hello. <coughs> Number three. <coughs> On the recording, that's going to sound like I just dropped dead or something. <laughs> <coughs> number three the communion I've taught about this so many times here and in other places but I repeat if only you would do this and go before God thanks Emma if only you would do this and go before God thanks love are you listening to me? I'm going to say it one more time in the name of Jesus Father I pray they now hear this in the spirit the Spirit is over there. Baptism in the Holy Spirit. You want it? Yes. You can't go there. 
You want the baptism of the Holy Spirit? You can't go there. You have to have communion. So we have the Last Supper. The Last Supper was preparation for Pentecost. Last Supper first. Bread and wine first. Then the Spirit. So Jesus knew they wanted to pass through the veil. He wanted to get the Spirit to them. So he said, okay, let's concentrate on my broken body that brings you through that veil. Amen? And if a human being, if you, if you will just obey and on a daily basis break down your pride by reminding yourself that you're a sinner, break down your pride and come before God and see that broken body and see his poured blood, eventually the persistence pays off and people start to change. Yes, they do. Do this as a reminder to me and remembrance of me every single day. I was a Catholic and I seen such humility and brokenness within old people like my father going into the church they were so humbled have you met older people like that so humbled an awareness in them there's no cockiness they're not cheeky they're not arrogant years of looking and focusing on communion has changed them and it will change you too and I hope it brings you to baptism in the Holy Spirit which was the technique, the mechanism that Jesus left us. Number four, confession. Confess your sins to one another. Oh, Jesus. Confess your sins to one another so that you can have healing. And the inference here is not just marriage, but it's relationships in general. What effect does this have on me? Honesty, reality, and repentance when was the last time you said sorry can I use Stephen and Simran just as an example because they've got a good sense of humor so let's say Steve, uh, Simran is nasty to Stephen bop, 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 bop. you know she says something bad And three weeks go by. And she says, oh, Steve. She sends him a text because it's easier. And she says, Steve, remember what I said. I'm sorry. Took three weeks. Took three weeks. What a waste of three weeks. Huh? And after a while, he says something bad to her. He takes three weeks. But as you grow in the Spirit, see with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, three seconds. Three seconds. And you humble yourself because you, you sense your spirit's not right. Some of you, your spirit has not been right for decades. Do you care? Do you care? Create in me a clean
clean heart, oh God. And renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, oh God. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Father, I pray for the sins in our lives that we will be quick. Quick to repent to God. Quick to catch bad words, bad thoughts, bad fast. Jesus, bless us with that grace today. Number five, the anointing with oil. <coughs> I'm glad we sang I'm Desperate for You, that song this morning. <coughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that song. Listen to me, please. Back to my original or, or theme, my central theme for this message. Listen, I need to be able to get a yes from God. Okay? I think that's fair enough. If I know that I'm right and my, my motives are good, I should be able to go in the Bible's peppered with scriptures like this. I ask and you shall receive. Jesus wants to get stuff to you. It's not God that's the problem. But you know what I believe this anointing with oil things? You know what I think can often be the problem? You're not desperate. You've got money. You've got the love of your relationships and your family. You're not desperate. And even though God is so weak and so limited in your life, do we care about that? Or is it just religion again? You need to be desperate. The woman with the issue of blood was totally desperate. Did she receive yes or no? Yes. Zacchaeus was so determined that he climbed up a tree, a midget, laughing, people laughing at him. I'm going to get what God has for me. Did Zacchaeus receive? Yes. Desperation is lacking. Desperation is lacking. Blind Bartimaeus, when they told him so many times, shut up. He would not be quiet. Jesus, have mercy on me. Be quiet. Jesus, it says he shouted all the more. Shouted all the more. Desperate. Desperate for God. And in all history, I tell you folks, the people who have received have been desperate people. Normally in small huddles. Whether it's the upper room or Azusa Street or more recent time, Womack, for example. One of the greatest modern revivals. 30 people in a small room, but look at what happened from that. Brownsville, Pensacola. Same story, many, many places. Just a group of people like us who start to repent. Repent from bad habits. Bad habits. Bad habits in your culture. Bad habits in your family. And as I repent, you know what happens? I, I'm going to pass through this veil. I'm going through. I'm going to change. God is going to try. I'm going to miraculously pass through through these beautiful, wonderful sacraments. Number six, marriage. What's the effect of that? Beautiful, wonderful submission. Thank God for it. 
I wouldn't be alive without it. My children, you know my story. I make no decisions for the last 14 years. Don't believe me? Call Singapore. And you ask them. I don't make any decisions of my own. I'm a soldier in an army. Amen. And I give all decisions without argument to those who oversee me. That's submission. And in a marriage, this is sacrament. Is Jesus the head of the wife? <laughs> no. No, Jesus is not the head of the wife. Christ is the head of the husband. And the husband is the head of the wife. It happened in Genesis when the woman fell. It was a curse. Because of her rebellion, there was no, listen carefully, there was no authority structure before the fall. They were equal, Adam and Eve. No mention of authority. Adam and Eve are equal. But because Eve sinned, ah, God placed a curse. All right? You'll have pain with childbearing. But from this moment on, the curse on you is your desire will be to rule. But I, from this moment on, place men over you. Did you get that? This is the new covenant still today. It hasn't changed. It's still the same. Okay? With, with Adam, it was death. Three score years and ten you shall live. And you're going to work the soil all the days of your life. Marriage is a sacrament. A blessed, wonderful sacrament. And if you understand it, it is a sheer joy. Complete joy. And the last one. The Catholic Church call it holy orders. Uh, other churches call it different things. We would call it pastors, prophets, priests, evangelists. We, 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 we would call it the gifts of ministry. The five, five office gifts. That's what we would call it. It's when you have had your confirmation from God. When men have agreed that eventually you come before the church and you get prayed in with a threefold declaration of holy orders, which is a powerful powerful, wonderful, wonderful thing. Can I have this slide up, Ray? I believe I've got some slides. It's called Nepal. That's definitely not Nepal. Thank you. So, in conclusion, before I just go to, we're going to take up our MFP this morning. Before I do that, I want you just to mention some things about what we did. So, myself and Tim went uh, a couple of weeks ago. <coughs> Nepal is inside the 1040 window. It's some of the most unreached people groups on the planet. So right across that region there, you've got billions of people who've never heard the gospel. And if they have, it's been, you know, spurious. Uh, just look at me a moment. Don't be selfish. Are you selfish? Do you know when I go to preach the gospel here, do you know what some people say? Why is he not here? Jesus, God, God help you. Do, you. do you understand how selfish that is? Do you get that? Because when I come back in, people will say to me, huh, you know, you weren't even here. I think, God, how selfish. They've never even heard the gospel once. And you're, you want some sort of a what? What's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? 
Religion, that's what's wrong with you. Thinking of yourself. You should say to me, Pastor Mike, go and preach the gospel in the whole world. And you should be glad. Instead of being religious and self-centered, my friend. How ridiculous in this day and age to hear such things. This is the 1040 window where people are going to hell every day. And churches are full of pastors talking to each other. In fact, they do so little, they fight with each other. Because they're idle. Get out and preach the gospel. Get out and tell people about Jesus. That's the 1040 window. Next slide, thank you. This is the church building. It's a single story building. Seats about 3,000. It was very, very basic. They sit on the floor there. Next slide, please. And this is a Sunday school, come school, Sunday school and school that's just been built with American dollars. Some American charities have helped because of the number of orphans inside the church. So this is Pastor Timothy's church where he grew up, basically. Um, Excuse me, on this site. Next slide, please. That's the orphanage. It's a very big orphanage, isn't it? It's got five and a half floors. And there's 80 children live in there. If you can go in here and come out without crying, it's as much as I could do to hold myself together because I had work to do. I was doing the lighting for the video we made and stuff. So you just got to keep your emotions in order. We're very lucky people, aren't we? Very blessed people. We've got everything we need. You've got a bed to sleep in, got food. And they have to raise the funds for food in this place, about 300 pounds a day it costs to feed. There's 80 children, and then you've got staff and workers and everything else within that place. Um, Next slide, please. These were some of the orphans living within the home. So we have many Nepalese within the congregation here, as you know, and they're a blessing to us, aren't they? And just to see the sheer poverty of Kathmandu was was a real experience for me. Very third world, very underdeveloped. Uh, And those kids, I tell you what, they want love. They absolutely, desperately, desperately want love. As soon as I walked in the car park, Just, just, just anybody to touch me. Anybody, just, just to hold on to. There's an adult here, someone. You know, they've been cast out, cast onto the streets. And praise God for Pam Seward. This is Rick Seward's sister who planted this church 40 years ago. Good job. Good job. Next slide. This is the church we planted from here, just outside, uh, on the outskirts of Kathmandu. We appointed six new leaders in the building and we'll be working with Nissi, the mother church, to try and organize discipleship, evangelism, etc. This was a really good day. <coughs> Next slide. <coughs> we went to Upahar Radio. Some of you will remember him from uh, Easter camp. I believe he was there. This is a great situation he's got going there. So he's reaching out to Nepalese all over the world uh, through internet radio, <coughs> Facebook and what have you. But being very successful. So both Tim and myself did in- interviews about what the p- possibilities were for the future within Nepal and around the world. Next slide, please. Quite a crowd, huh? 
about 1,500 men, about 1,500 women, and but 500 youth. The youth are led by a guy called Ashish. He's a 20, 22, I think he is. And he leads 500 youth there in that place. Very, very, very powerful. So uh, I did about 10 sessions here. Tim did many sessions here and then also traveled outside to other parts beyond Kathmandu. So it, it was really very, very good. What I would like, to, they, they, they want to translate what's love got to do with it. Life after love and living as an end times believer into Nepalese and to go back and do some extensive work. I would say, I'll, I'll talk, Tim's had to go to America because his grandfather died. He's flying back this afternoon. I will talk to him and I would like to take a group from here. Uh, maybe one year, two years time, but not two people. I mean, you need about 20 people. You need worship team. Uh, by the way, see this crowd? This is camp number one of 48 camps at the same time. Okay, this is just camp number one. Now, the others are smaller, but the one, Tim went out the one, was 300 in that one alone. So I don't know how many thousands of people there are there. The, the church is underground, semi-underground, because the Buddhist control means you can't be a, a proper, full-blooded, full-blown church. You're not allowed to be. I'll say this, Saberna, Ashish, Seema, Ranjita, whoever else is here, do you know your people? And this is, I've preached all over the world. I have never seen more attention in my life. Attention. They were sitting on their folded knees, old men, old women. And when I stood up to speak, they would just focus. And for the next hour and 20, it's like time stands still. And the focus, you think they need this to live. I've got to, shh, I've got to listen. I have never in my life seen a group of people pay so much attention without wavering for so long. Wow. I thought, goodness me, you guys want this. They're not thinking about dinner. Dinner will be provided by the church if I haven't got any money anyway. Desperate. I'm desperate for you. It was a good trip. We're going to take up our MFP. The church paid for this. It's about three grand. I think the entire thing cost us. John, Pat, could you give out the slips to everyone? Twice a year, we take up a missions faith pledge. And this money goes into a designated account, which we use only for missions. Only for missions. And part of this is a cracking example because in the last few years, we paid for the church plant I showed you, the, the smaller building. That was paid for by us, and it's very, 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 very good investment. Um, I, I'm just staggered by the, by the need, to be honest with you. So, oh, you got it already. Does anybody need a pen? Can, can, can we share pens? Anybody need a pen? If you've got pens in your bag, pass them along the, 
seats. <coughs> oh dear. <coughs> Jesus. So this is a faith, faith pledge, not an offering, not your tithe, but it's amount that you can give each month. I'm sure 99% of you have done this multiple times, so I won't bore you with the details, but please be generous and help us reach this country and many, 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 many other countries. If you fill it out, keep it on your lap and we'll prepare to take up our offering as we collect the faith pledges at the same time.